just a reminder, here at That's So Chronic, we are dedicated to sharing personal stories. We are not advocating any type of treatment, therapy, procedure or intervention. Everyone is unique, so please seek professional medical advice before making any decisions for yourself or for others. Welcome to That's So Chronic, the podcast where I, Jess Bryan, interview some incredible people from around the world that are thriving and sometimes only just surviving. With chronic illnesses, life-changing injuries, potentially disastrous diagnoses, and today, surgeries. That's right, today we are talking about a breast reduction surgery with musical theatre graduate Mackenzie Norton. In this episode, Mackenzie explains the years of pain and discomfort from dancing and just living with big boobs, how costume fittings were filled with tears, the process of getting the surgery and the surprisingly difficult recovery period. When Mackenzie and I were meeting to talk through this episode, one really important thing shone through. Mackenzie knows her privilege. She understands that this was her own decision, not determined by a sinister diagnosis, and she is incredibly grateful for the support from her family. I think Mackenzie is amazing, and I'm really excited to share her story. Welcome to That's So Chronic. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. We actually met in an open tap dancing class. We did. And I just feel like we had such a connection. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> when we left, I think it was either you or me and we were like, no, I reckon I'll see you again. Mm-hmm. I, reckon it's I was like, happen. it's just, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to see you again. And here we are. And here so. we are recording a podcast. <laughs> I just went and watched your third year. Well, so Mackenzie is a third year musical theatre student at NASDA, the National Academy of Singing and Dramatic Art here in Christchurch. And I just went and watched your third year musical, Holiday Inn, at the Court Theatre a couple of nights ago. You were just fantastic. Oh, thank you. It was good fun. It's such a fun show. So much dancing and yeah, just a good time, really. <laughs> it's It was stunning. And the costumes were mm-hmm. fantastic. They were. Especially the Easter parade one with those hats. They were absolutely beautiful. Loved it. And listen to this segue. Costumes weren't always amazing for you, were they? No, they weren't. <laughs> Costume fittings would be full of anxiety and a lot of tears, actually, and constant stress. And that's what we're going to chat about today. It is. So earlier this year... No, last at the end of last year, yeah. December the 3rd, 2019, you correct. had a breast reduction. I did, and it's been almost a year now, I guess, yeah. um, and it's been probably the greatest thing I've done in my entire life. Exciting. Let's unpack this. Yeah, let's do so that. So, should we go all the way back to the beginning and paint a picture of what life was like with Big boobs. Yeah, of course. Obviously, there's some kids that develop earlier and all that mm-hmm. kind of cliche stuff. And that was me. I was always the tall friend, the one with the boobs, that kind of thing. But I don't think I ever realized it was going to be a problem until probably year 13 of high school. So mm-hmm. towards the end of high school, when I was getting a bit more serious into wanting to pursue musical theater. And I think everyone, I kind of had another growth spurt when I was sort of in year 13 and I got taller again, my boobs got bigger and I was like, this has to be a joke. I'm not prepared for this. (laughs) I did not sign up for this. And then when I started NASDA and started doing lots of performing arts stuff and more dancing and that sort of thing, 
um, life became very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Big boobs kind of suck, yeah. um, which many people that have either been through the same kind of surgery or just have big boobs all say the same kind of thing. I just felt really uncomfortable all the time. Like, just didn't even like wearing like tight-fitting t-shirts. I just Mm -hmm. felt like I was going to look like overly sexualized all the time and just couldn't run, couldn't like head back pain, had constant indents on my shoulders from bras, trying to like hold everything up. Bra shopping as well was an expensive nightmare. Oh, Um, I can imagine. Because I also had like quite a small band size but then like a large cup size. So like tell me where to find an eight an eight double G like tell yeah. me where like yeah. it's not very easy you have to get um, that made and that's going to cost like a hundred bucks yeah and so it was a lot of money and and I think the biggest thing for me like the turning obviously I've been thinking about it for a while but for me and for my family uh in the in August 2019 uh we did our second year musical we did 42nd street and for those of you that know the show it's lots of little glittery costumes and lots of the classic sparkly Broadway mm-hmm. Broadway kind of style and and lots of tap dancing lots of tap dancing and oh yeah you don't wear a bra with this costume or you wear a strapless bra with this costume and stuff like that that was a little bit of a nightmare I understand that they can't just like change the costumes for one person and Mm -hmm. I was obviously very grateful for all the work the costume team did to like make me feel as comfortable as possible but what I had to do every night was I would use strapping tape on I'd tape my boobs every night so I think I went through for the season like six rolls of strapping tape because I'd have to take it yeah. off every night as well because I'm allergic to strapping tape so oh. <laughs> I couldn't leave it on for too long or I would like get really bad rashes and stuff and then I think I came home from a show one night and mum was like can you live like this for the rest of your performing arts career and I was like I don't think I can no. and so that's when the conversation started about what can we do yeah. about this situation and so what can you do? Well, we closed the show on the 24th and of August and by the 26th, I had booked a consultation with a surgeon that I knew. So it was, it sounds like a quick, like yeah. a re- like quick decision. It wasn't, obviously we've been thinking about it for a while, but. Um, yeah. And you'd gone through nearly two years of full time performing arts training. That's a lot of costumes. That's a lot of dance classes. That's a lot of. I can only imagine if NASDA was the same for you when I was there. It's a lot of you're doing an acting class and your posture's terrible and it's like, just have better posture. It's like, I can't I'm look trying. at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that sounds like obviously, we'd obviously made the decision, didn't just take us two days. We've been yeah. talking about it for a while, but we sh- we closed the show on the 24th of August and I was at home and I didn't go to the closing night party because I was in so much pain because I had like open wounds all over my skin. Sorry, it's gross. From like ripping the tape off. And so I dropped my friends at the party and I just had to go home because I was like in so much pain from taping my boobs every night. And I was just sitting at home and I knew a friend from high school that had had a breast reduction done. And I was sitting with my mum and she said, why don't you just flick her a message and ask her who her surgeon was. And even if we have a consultation and then realise it's not what we want to do, at least we've taken the first step so finished the show on the 24th booked the appointment on the 26th and then had the appointment a month later in September so wow so what does an appointment like the first appointment entail yeah so pretty much for the first appointment obviously for people it's different if they don't like the surgeon for the first time they might have quite a few different consultations until they find someone that they clicked with lucky enough I felt really comfortable with the first surgeon that I saw um had heard really good feedback from friends and stuff which definitely helps as well and so for the first appointment, I was with my mum. We went in. We kind of just explained the situation. He took the top off. I took, I yeah. took the top off. He took some, like, photos and stuff, does some, like, 
measurements, kind of see what's possible because obviously I couldn't expect to go from the size that I was to an A cup or whatever. Like it's yeah. very much lots of reassurance that they're going to do their best to like make everything in proportion and make me feel mm-hmm. comfortable and pretty much any concerns we had, he sort of just cleared everything up in that initial appointment. Like I wish I could rem- remember more. I feel like it was such a blur because yeah. I was so – it just happened really quickly because yeah. i obviously been thinking about it for a, even years now, but it would just – the time from the first phone call to the first appointment just happened. That month went so fast and I was just sitting there being like, oh, I think this is actually something that we're going to do. And so at that appointment actually was when we – booked in for the surgery as well oh, okay it was a do you want to go home and think about it or do you want us to pencil something in because yep. these are the times that I have available and okay. so we're like sure let's just pencil something in while we're here we may as well and exciting and then it just kind of kept happening <laughs> do you have any more appointments after that first one or is it just that and then surgery you have another one I think so I was like just thinking about it now I was like no I'm sure I saw him again yeah um I think I had another one closer to the time just to check in on everything again and answer any more questions we may have Mm -hmm. and sort of have a little bit more of a discussion about size but I saw him again on the day of the surgery as well before I went in but wasn't actually much contact with him before the surgery it was more a lot more checkups afterwards um obviously once everything's been done but he was definitely always there to answer questions, emails, all that sort of thing. If any kind of concerns came up, he would, you know, get back straight away, reassure everything. Um, yeah. Because it is, like, actually quite a major surgery when you yeah. think about it. I think I kind of shrugged off how big of a deal it was until I was probably in the hospital about to go in for surgery, being like, whoa, I'm actually doing this. Yeah. Is it – look, this is going to sound so ridiculous of a question, but how does it work, actually, with sizing? So – is it like you're just going shopping and you're like, oh, I have that size, please? Yeah, well, not entirely. I was something, was something I was very unsure about as well was how it was going to work. He tends to ask their, his clients like whether he what, what what they want. Obviously, is it just physical thing like do they just look too big or do you feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable exercising all that kind of stuff? Um, yeah. For me, so he kind of doing by cup sizes. He said it was quite a hard way of doing it because. I mean, I've got four bras that are all, they fit me the same, but they're all different brands and all different sizes. You said that he'll either go like, do I want as small as they can possibly do, still keeping the tissue alive and healthy and all the nerves and stuff, or do I want to be more like, I mean, obviously he's had lots of training, lots of experience, what he would perceive as like in proportion or so sort of, I kind of had to explain it to him in a way, but obviously cup size was the easiest way to do it, but it doesn't really help. So I sort of said that I wanted to be, I want to feel more in proportion and look more in proportion, but maybe on the smaller side if possible. Yeah. And that was obviously it was going to be kind of vague, but that seemed to work out. So let's talk about finding the surgeon. So it was the person that you were like you, your friend, is yeah. it that person? Yeah. So how do you even go about getting an appointment? Do you just ring this clinic and go let me in? Pretty much. So I think it's so. Oh, a big uh, part is that we went through the private system as opposed to the public system. I don't know a lot about the public system because we decided to go private, but for the private system, pretty much she sent me his name and she said, I felt so great and so comfortable. I Googled him, found out what clinic he worked at, gave them a ring the next day and they gave me an appointment. I said, I'm looking at getting a breast reduction Mm -hmm. um, surgery and they said, great, he's available this date. Do you want to come in? And I was like, 
Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's happening. Um, <laughs> Which I love that the clinic is actually like next door to this Airbnb that I'm staying in. I was driving here and I was like, wait, I know this part of town. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's where my surgeon is. <laughs> yeah, it feels very fitting that we're here. So what happened with surgery? So I was at St. George's Hospital in Christchurch. Mm-hmm. Um, on the day, I it was the classic, you know, you can't eat, you can't drink, the sort of that sort of thing. Um it is a bit of a blur that day. I still think it's very surreal that it's something that even happened, you know, yeah. because, I mean, it's been a year now. I'm used to how I am now, but I look back on photos and I remember how uncomfortable I was. And I'm like, no wonder that day feels so surreal. Yeah. So I get to the hospital with my mum and my dad and it's a very nice hospital. It felt like checking into a hotel. It was very strange. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Um, and so we just pretty much was there, there quite early in the day. My surgery wasn't until... Um, the early like the late afternoon mm-hmm. so just had to fill in lots of forms all that kind of stuff and then about a couple hours before surgery the surgeon came in he I don't still to this day I don't really know what it's for but he like got a pen and just like drew all over my boobs okay um it would have been for some reason yeah I, <laughs> no idea why just art no um <laughs> I still yeah I'm not entirely sure what he was doing I think I asked at the time but it as I said it was yeah. a bit of a blur probably just like places that they like make cuts and I really mm. don't know but it was very strange I was standing there with my arms out like shirtless <laughs> as he's drawing on me and I'm like whatever it is what it is yeah. um and then yeah just like had lots of nurses come and check in spoke to the anaesthetist as well because one of my singing tutors from NASDA actually recommended that I let him know that um my voice is obviously a very important part of my career because sometimes it's good to let them know that like you've got tubes going down your throat you want them to be yes careful. very careful um and so he came and talked to me and reassured me about everything which was really nice and then pretty much I just got into my robes and got into bed and they put some warm blankets on me and then I yeah. got wheeled away like I know it's not the most like detailed explanation but no, that's, that's really awesome. all it was like yeah and goodbye boobs you actually had a goodbye boobs party didn't I you? did it was actually so much fun I think I kind of wanted to do it because I was like, why not have a celebration? Like, it's actually quite a, um, something I was actually quite scared about when mm-hmm. the time came. And I was like, my boobs have always kind of been like a joke with me and my friends. Like, it's yeah. been like, oh, Mackenzie's got the big boobs, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I never felt like bullied or anything by no, it, by my friends no. or anything. It was definitely just like a funny thing. So, yeah, we decided to have a boobs theme party, run like war bras or like right. all the boys were in there, were in bras of their friends and stuff. And then we actually got people to bring bra donations to send to, I should know the name off the top of my head, but I don't. But there's a charity that takes bras and sends them to women in countries where they aren't very easily accessible. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and so we were like, I feel privileged. I'm in a position where I'm getting the surgery purely for like cosmetic reasons mm-hmm. um, because I'm uncomfortable and because I'm in pain, not because I'm sick or suffering like too bad or anything like yeah. that. So we got donations for the Breast Cancer Foundation as well and bras to send to people that really needed them. So I was yeah. like... I need to realise how lucky I am to be having the surgery and not being in like a life-threatening position or anything like that. So yeah. fun party. My cousin makes cakes and she made a boob cake. Great. <laughs> and yeah, it was great. It was it was really fun time. And then you wake up. Yeah. And your boobs aren't as big as they were. Yeah, I remember it was really funny actually. I came out of surgery. I was very out of it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and I, the first thing I did was FaceTime one of my friends. Yeah. Because, like, she was, she's a f- good friend of mine who was also, like, look, thinking about surgery and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I'd do to her is FaceTime her, just pull my robe down and, like, look at my new boobs. Like, I'm super high. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, 
thanks Mackenzie because <laughs> her and her friends in the car laughing but I was just she was just the first person I instantly thought of yeah. um yeah, I was pretty happy. I was very out of it, obviously. How do they, like, with the surgery, because obviously one of the purposes of boobs yes. is that they have milk. Yes, Look, they I do. really don't know this. No. I've got no <laughs> so, interest in being pregnant, so I've got no idea how to actually, like, word this. But, you know, you can breastfeed, and there's milk in there. <laughs> All the mums are listening to this like what is she It's not how it works, about? but okay. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I so know what like you mean. Do, are they, do they have to be careful about yeah, that? Yeah, so the surgeon said that he can't and this is with like most uh like breast reduction surgeries is they can't guarantee anything. There's a chance that I won't be able to breastfeed, but it's not very high. Okay. They keep Again, I don't really know the fine details. My mum mm. actually found a video of a breast reduction on YouTube and watched it before my surgery. And I was, she was like, I'm pleased you didn't watch it. It's pretty yeah. brutal. Oh but um, she would probably have more knowledge than I would because she's <laughs> actually seen it. Um, but they definitely like that's one thing they really try to preserve is keeping all the like nerves and other yeah. things that produce milk in the future, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works either. But It's um, amazing that they can do that. Yeah, so it's nothing... Like, it's not 100% guaranteed, but it's kind of a, you won't really know until you're in a situation where you are going to breastfeed, so. Mm -hmm. Had you talked to your, you had your friend who had the breast reduction, did you know anyone else or do any other research, connect with other people about this? I didn't know anyone else personally. She was the only person that I knew. I guess when I started telling people about it, it was like, oh, my auntie had one, my Mm -hmm. friend had one, that sort of thing, but... A few days, there was someone that my mum found on Instagram, actually. Her name's Emma Guns, and she released a podcast about her whole breast reduction process from when she decided she wasn't having a good time anymore, from when she um, wanted to do something, the whole surgery, the whole recovery. And I found that like two days before my surgery, so mum and I would sit together and listen to it together, and it was just really nice to hear someone sharing their experiences, you know, because obviously I talked to my friend and that was her experience, but like hearing it from someone else as well, because everyone's yeah. going to have a completely different, um, different time, different mm-hmm. healing process, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was a great podcast, and she yeah posted heaps on Instagram about it, and it was cool just to see someone that was kind of going through something that you're about to go through as well. We we talked a bit over Instagram DMs and stuff, and it was really nice having that like connection with someone that yeah. totally gets it. I'll link all of her stuff in the show notes so people can go and find her as well. But you also created an Instagram. Yeah, I did actually. It was more started off like I don't want to spam all my friends yeah. with like <laughs> posts about my boobs from people that don't really care. Because, yeah, but a lot of people, like way more people were interested than I thought would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's an interesting thing to get done, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I made an Instagram account called Mackenzie's Boobs and I posted on there and kept my friends and stuff updated but then and then that's the account that I started talking to Emma right. Emma Guns on yeah. and she messaged me and said would you mind if I shared your account like on my Instagram story so other people can come and find it and then the next morning I woke up and I had like 200 people from like the UK following me and stuff yeah. and I was like what is going on <laughs> I was like this is from like 10 of my friends but okay <laughs> and so then I kind of kept posting on that about recovery and that sort of thing and I think I didn't realize how many people benefited from me sharing my experiences. I'd have people from all over the world message me being like, hey, I'm thinking about having a breast reduction. Could you share your experiences? Or I'm worried about this, or I'm like really scared this is going to happen. I'm too scared to ask my parents, how did you bring it up? Like I had like a 13-year-old dancer from 
New Zealand messaging me being like, you're a performer and you have big boobs. Like I look up to that so much, like, because I feel I already have big boobs and I feel uncomfortable as a dancer, but knowing that you did it for so many years, like makes me inspired to keep going and all that kind of stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, people do care and do find this interesting. And by posting about it, I can maybe like, because I had Emma who I was talking to, you know, and then other people could like reach out to me. You know, it's like actually nice having, if you don't know anyone going through it, yeah, you kind of it's nice having someone that's like been through the same thing that you're either going through or about to go through and I don't use the account anymore I kind of stopped towards the start of the year I think when like everything with COVID started happening I was yeah. like oh there's more important things in the world right now <laughs> like <laughs> I will save space on people's feeds for more relevant information but the account's still up and people but I've got the link to my normal Instagram on there and people still will message me like had someone today being like oh I found your Instagram and so I just thought I'd send you a message like how are you going I'm about to yeah. have surgery like any last minute advice or anything like that and it's nice having an online community yeah like, I think connecting with people is just so important and it wasn't until I'm sure people in my life have had it done but it wasn't until yeah I found your Instagram and was scrolling through and reading all of the comments that I was like whoa this is a whole community that no one is actually really talking about out there yeah I think it's hard to explain but perhaps we can try just how taxing it is to have big boobs especially in the performing arts industry yeah (laughs) that's not really something that a lot of people think about or consider how was it mentally with your mental health having to perform these dance numbers and not feeling comfortable in your body yeah I think it definitely created a bit of like a unstable relationship with my body image in general because I was like there's something that is so prominent that I can't do anything about or didn't think I could um can't do anything about didn't think I could do anything about it and it's like just felt like I was kind of trapped and I was like I don't want to be self-conscious when I go on stage it was a point where I would be enjoying I had loved dance classes and stuff but when I get on stage I wouldn't be thinking about enjoying the dance or enjoying what I'm doing it would be like especially if it was in a costume I felt uncomfortable and I'd be like, oh, my boobs are about to fall out. And yeah. everyone, like, I just look so ridiculous. I just look so out of place compared to everyone else who is very much in proportion, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of thing. And so, yeah, it kind of took out the enjoyment side of things because it's like, I don't want to be on stage and that's all I can think about. I don't want to yeah. be absolutely stressed every time someone says, oh, hey, can you pop in and try on these costumes? Um, I remember being handed, like, a backless leotard. And my stomach just dropping because, like, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. put up a fuss, you know, because I am one person in a whole yep. ensemble or a whole group of people. It's not just about me, you know. I can yep. suck it up as much as I need to. Um, but there were a lot of tears. And there yeah. were, yeah, I just think there's nothing worse than feeling uncomfortable in something you have to wear. And, I mean, with performing, your body is your tool. It's literally everything. And if that's affecting your performance then that's carrying on to when you go into the audition room and that you're not able to put yourself out there as much because this keeps weighing you down yeah performing is literally like look at my body because this is what we're showing you like we're dancing like you have to look at someone's body to watch someone dance or watch someone perform um and so having something that was so significant that I like felt really bad about definitely yeah I definitely didn't realize how taxing it was until afterwards and I'd like go into ballet and I'd be like yeah I'm not wearing a bra right now I'm wearing a a leotard without a bra like (laughs) oh this feels great I can jump I started running and I was like whoa I can run (laughs) I knocked myself out yeah Yeah. 
So what did the recovery look like? So I think it was about, they say like six weeks, you're pretty, can't do much for six weeks. I may have pushed it a little bit, which I don't recommend. Um, But I was feeling really great after like a week and a half. I think it was a combination of like how excited I was and like all the support from my family and friends. And I was like missing my friends at dance. And so they're like, you'll probably be bedridden for like six weeks. And after like a week and a half, I was at dance, like watching my friends rehearse and stuff like that, which I don't regret now. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it didn't do anything bad like I just got tired really really easily which was definitely understandable but after about six weeks I was pretty close to functioning a normal life they don't recommend heavy lifting obviously Mm -hmm. anything like that I think I went back to the gym after say two months um with obviously like clearance from the nurse and the surgeon and stuff and then I obviously told my trainer what I'd been through and she's like great we're not gonna do a whole bunch of chest workouts right now (laughs) um but yeah so I had I think three or four follow-up appointments with the nurse. First one was to like take out the rest of the stitches and take okay. off the, change the bandages and clean everything up because it was pretty like bloody and gross. Yeah. Um, and then one every couple of weeks after that, just to make sure, redo the redo the, um, the, the bandages and stuff, make mm-hmm. sure everything was healing properly. And then they became more spaced out and yeah. they were really happy with the healing. Uh, at one point I was getting like really bad pains in one of my scars and so okay. I just called the surgeon and he said yeah come in the next day he checked it it was just all normal it was as the scar tissue underneath was healing because the tissue underneath takes longer to heal right. it starts healing more as you're being more active so it's going to hurt a little bit more for yeah. the final healing process because you are back to normal almost and yeah. but he was like thank you for coming in thank you for like getting it checked because obviously you don't want to be like sitting at home being like is this meant to hurt and mm. then you come back and he's like oh something's wrong you know yeah. so I'm pleased I had that um obviously none of the follow-ups didn't charge for anything um it was obviously all covered already by the initial surgery fees and stuff and so yeah definitely felt felt good better to be safe than sorry by like emailing with questions and stuff like that because I definitely didn't want saying to be wrong and me to just push it under yeah. push it under the covers and just ignore it so was there swelling yeah there was a lot of swelling and that caused a lot of stress for me at the start because I struggled a lot in the recovery process of me not thinking that any difference was really made, not yeah. thinking that anything had really happened. And like, I knew they'd taken off like 600 grams and I knew that if you held 600 grams in your hand, you'd yeah. be like, this is weight. This yeah. feels like something. Like, wow. Yeah. But I was very swollen at the start and I was quite disheartened. I was like, oh, like I'm still going to have the same problems that I've always had. I'm still going to feel uncomfortable. I'm still going to not, th- like, obviously I was beyond grateful for everything, but it was definitely a little bit, had a few stressful moments where I was like, oh, did I really, yeah. did I ask for enough off? Like, was it miscommunication? But interestingly enough, people that I follow on Instagram, even Emma Guns I was talking about, she was like, I felt the exact same thing, you know? Like, it's actually a very yeah. normal feeling because you've just, you've just had like plastic surgery, you know? You've yeah. just had like something change about your body. So it's going to take a while for you to adjust to what you're seeing in the mirror now. How long until you started noticing the swelling was going um, down? The initial swelling probably started going down after like by three months. Like it was probably, there wasn't, wasn't very swollen anymore. Like at the start they were like very hard and very tight. Right. It was like, yeah. I was like, it was like feeling a basketball. I was like, should they feel like this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it's even taken the whole year for me to really get used to how I look now. And I think a lot of it, because as, as I was saying earlier, like my boobs like cause lots of, struggles with body image and stuff and I think a little part of me thought that get the surgery and 
everything I've ever not liked about myself, every problem I've ever had will all disappear and everything will be, my life will be miraculously fixed. And I think I had to realize that that wasn't going to be the case. And that's definitely taken the whole year for me to be like, great, I'm really happy with my boobs now. Like Mm -hmm. I feel really confident with them, but just changing that one thing isn't going to change every single thing I've ever disliked about the way I look, you know? Have you noticed any changes with posture and with the pain? Posture, well, I have never had (laughs) such good posture in my whole life. Um, me just like slumping over the microphone right now that's not a good example but um I have such bad posture I'm terrible (laughs) um I think because I would always hunch my shoulders forward because I wanted to hide you know I wanted to be like how small can I make them look um and actually my mum always taught me this she was like when you're slouching you're actually making them I know it's like pushing the cleavage together (laughs) like yeah and so I've had like wonderful posture this year. So I remember like, I think it was my mum. She was like, I was walk- just walking in the kitchen. She was like, wow, your posture is good. And I was like, thanks mum. Yeah, <laughs> like, nice. yeah. And I started getting way more into the gym and stuff. And I hadn't run in like maybe five years, like wow. a, because it's running and kind of sucks, but also <laughs> I started to like it again mm-hmm. because I could like run and just not a feel awkward. And then I, could wear a bra that was going to support me for running you know and it was like whoa this is cool (laughs) what has bra shopping been like now I actually it's been quite interesting I have two sides to this story okay I have one side which is like it's great that I have like a bralette from like cotton on that cost me like ten (laughs) dollars yeah and all my other bras were like 130 I'd Mm -hmm. say would say would be like the average price for a bra but then the other side was when I was kind of in the midst of like struggling with the, are they too big still? Yeah. Um, bra shopping was a little bit difficult because I would still be very focused on the number. I mean, right. the, le- the letter, I guess yeah. it is. Yeah. And so like a lot of it was me thinking bra shopping was a bit stressful because I was like, oh, I just want to be able to put on a B cup or, yeah. you know, and be like, oh, I've, you know, it was a big thing and I've gotten rid of all my boobs and stuff, but I asked to be in proportion and I am in proportion now. Yeah. And I think I was focusing a lot on the letters when I went bra shopping. And I think once I was like probably crying about it, I, it's not a big deal. I just cry a lot. Um, <laughs> and the lady fitting me was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about <laughs> it. I felt so bad for her, yeah. but it was, it was hard. I maybe got my hopes up a little bit to the point where it was not saying it was a bad experience at all. Cause like, as I said earlier, it's like the best thing I've ever decided to do, but Again, what I was saying is I kind of had in my head like, oh, I have small boobs and everything will be fixed, yeah. you know. And I think it is easy to to relate small boobs with a 10B, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Because what was your bra size? When um, you, I would be wearing like an 8G or like a 10 F kind of yeah. 10G, just, you know, as we said, they're yeah. very different. And then now I wear like a double D probably. But I think in my head... I don't know why. When I was growing up, like, double it was always D like double was D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what I am. Yeah. I'm like, I am not Pamela It would be like Anderson. all the songs, like, <laughs> all like the like shitty rap songs. Can I swear on your podcast? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I didn't ask. Um, but always, so all like, I always thought double Ds were huge because like all like rap songs would yeah. be like, oh, she's got double Ds, like all that kind yeah. of stuff. And so I was like, oh, I still have huge boobs. And I was like, look down, like, no, I don't. Like, yeah. It's not about the letter. Because especially um, when you look at like G to D, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah, and like, there's double Fs, there's double yeah, E's, you know, like. <laughs> it's actually quite a lot. Yeah. And ima- I can only imagine that if you were suddenly fitting into an A cup, oh my God, you, there's I nothing felt, there. Yeah, I would have felt like not like myself at all, you know, and yeah. I 
trust my surgeon wholeheartedly and I was like you made the right choice because I probably would have been like an identity crisis if I like didn't have anything at all you know which I thought was what I wanted but it's taken a year you know that's fine but now I'm like yeah, every, yeah, we made the right choices. <laughs> I found that really interesting when I've been talking to you about it outside of the podcast mm-hmm. is like learning about how, yeah, you are tall yeah, and actually it's proportion. Yeah. That's what's important. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's so, such an important message to put out there. Yeah, because I've always been like full of figured and like a little bit curvy and stuff and I would look also out of proportion if I had no boobs now at all yeah exactly and the point was to look in proportion exactly (laughs) how are costumes and leotards now like there was we were joking about that costume at NASDA the blue and white stripe one yeah and I feel like it made a comeback in Holiday Inn when I was watching (laughs) (laughs) that that one is terrible I swear it's a hilarious costume it's supposed to be like (laughs) pre-pubescent to fit that I potentially think they may be kid sizes the brand is the brand is Girl Express and so (laughs) I'm like oh I think it might be for children but I wear one on the show and I wear it with I wear the whole show with like a strapless bra that I would have been so uncomfortable dancing in the past I remember for 42nd street I would like put the straps on and off as I needed to with some numbers that I could wear strapless for and some numbers Mm -hmm. that I couldn't with taping underneath the taping wasn't enough it was taping and then a bra on top but this I wear a strapless bra the whole time and even in like the big tapping numbers I don't even think about my boobs at all it would Mm -hmm. always be the constant dialogue running through my head was like oh, they're bouncing a lot or like people will be looking at them like I must look so strange right now. Like, oh, these buttons on my blouse are going to pop. Like all that kind of stuff. I don't even think about it once in this show. I've gone to every costume fitting and been like, oh, no bra, sweep. Just like take it off and try it on without a bra on, you know. It's so amazing. Pretty random. I would have never have thought that that would have been a reality for me. That's actually pretty life-changing for you. Yeah, because I, it was so stressful. Like, and I guess like it's not something that everyone can relate to and everyone can understand, but it's being in a position where you are not going to be comfortable in something and it's something that you can't change unless you do something like surgery. Yeah. You know, I've always thought like if I leave the house and I'm like, oh, that makeup on my eye looks bad, I can like go home and wipe it off and change it. Yeah. And I think something that really like was a struggle with the boobs thing was that I just knew that I couldn't do anything about it. You know, like some people if they like lose a bit of weight or whatever, their boobs will get like really small and stuff. But even if my weight fluctuated, my boobs would never, um, my surgeon said some people just have more dense breast tissue, which means that they, it's more dense tissue and less like fatty tissue. So with weight loss, they don't really change. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was my circumstance because some people, if they go through the public system, I've heard they often, if they are overweight of any kind, they get told before they can enter the public system, they have to like lose some weight first in case that goes right. from the boobs or whatever. But I see. Um, yeah, I don't know much about the public system, mm. so I don't know if that's relevant at all for me. You just you just got the big boobs, Jean, and I was like, Thanks. right. Who do I thank for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how is the pain? You mentioned that it was sore in your back. Yeah, I get bad back pain and then like red marks on my shoulders from like having mm-hmm. bra straps too tight because it's the only way that you like yeah. felt comfortable. It's just something I've never thought of anymore sometimes I'll like stretch and I'll be like feel like because the scars obviously still still tight like scars take years to um Mm -hmm. be completely okay healed and stuff and so I'll like stretch and I'll like feel the scar like scar and I'll be like oh yeah we did that like where are the scars yeah so they go all around the nipple Mm -hmm. and then down from the base of nipple to like the bottom of the bra where the underwire would sit and then the whole way pretty much where like the underwire of a bra would be um on each side so yeah that's where they do the cuts and then take the take some tissue out and then 
that's fascinating. Stitch it back eh? up and <laughs> I would never be able to be a surgeon. No. I just do not know. I just don't. They must know so much. I don't know how my mum watched a video yeah. of it. <laughs> she was she did it while I was in surgery because ah! she couldn't sleep. She was like, I couldn't sleep. I knew you were in surgery, so I just went home and found a YouTube video of surgery, and I was like, Mum, that's disgusting, but. Thank you. Like, yeah. How long was the surgery? I was under for four hours, I think. Okay, yeah. So it was like pretty, it was a pretty long time. Um, I mean, they've actually, they've got quite a lot they need to do. Like, yeah. So how much did it cost? Well, we went through the private system as opposed to the public system. So we paid for everything ourselves. So I was very, very grateful to have the support from my parents. They sound amazing. They are amazing. They were very much behind, behind the whole thing, like supported it wholeheartedly. So... Big shout out to you guys. I know you're listening. <laughs> um, so the whole surgery costed $13,600. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of broken up into paying the surgeon, the anaesthetist, and then the hospital fees. Okay. We and then all of those follow-up appointments are covered. Was all covered already, well. yeah. yeah. So it definitely isn't the cheapest thing in the world. Surgery often isn't. <laughs> but we, my parents just saw how much it was impacting my life and were happy to do what they needed to do to help me feel more com- more comfortable, more confident, and I will be eternally grateful for that. Yeah, it was your Christmas present, I for, see, on Instagram. Yeah, I was like, I don't need anything, like... For the next 50 years. <laughs> for the rest of my life, like, <laughs> I love you guys, thank you. That's so special that they did that for you. When we were talking about you coming on the podcast, because I've been obsessed and I've been trying to get you on for a while, yeah. you were a little bit uncomfortable because it didn't feel like a big enough deal, but... You were uncomfortable yeah, and your posture suffered and you did have pain. And I think that that's incredible that you, how empowering that you did this for yourself. And are you feeling better? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was <laughs> definitely a bit hard to get on the podcast, but here we are. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah, I guess for a long time, I've haven't really even wanted to talk about it that much. I mean, obviously I made the Instagram to talk to people that were interested and wanted to know more about it or people that were going through it themselves but I was always a little bit like oh am I making too much of a big deal out of this is it not really an important thing but then getting feedback from people being like you've helped me a lot or this has been so interesting yeah it's also changed my opinion on plastic surgery a lot I'm like if someone is uncomfortable like some people would be like oh like never get a boob job don't get don't get a breast reduction you know like I had one guy message me being like oh that's a shame and I'm like (laughs) no this isn't the point like no I don't actually see the problem with it. If someone wants to make themselves feel more comfortable, then if that's something that they want to do, then I don't think you can ever say to someone that's not something like not a good idea, you know? Like I'm all for doing what you need to do to feel comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And for me that was a breast reduction and for some people that's, you know, dyeing their hair or whatever it is, yeah. you know? And just thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and feelings and your journey because I think there are a lot of people out there. It, I just, you go to at Mackenzie's boobs on Instagram and you read the comments and even just that Instagram page is helping so many yeah. people and so many people have been commenting and saying, you know, I'm 14 weeks post-surgery and I feel like that too. Your feelings are so valid and I just want to thank you for sharing it with that so chronic. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I, community has been like such a such a big thing. Like talk to people about it and if like you were thinking about getting one, like even just going to the first consultation, you know, like yeah. it can just change, change your life. Like it's so cliche, but... Yeah. 
it's been like the most confident year of my life. If probably, you could go so. back to 18-year-old Mackenzie, who just had her second growth spurt, yeah. who was just feeling however she was feeling at the time, what would what would you say to her? Don't stress about it. We'll get it sorted. 3rd of December 2019, I've got you. And that was another episode of That's So Chronic. If a breast reduction surgery is something you are considering, I encourage you to chat to a medical professional before making any decisions. You can find out more about Mackenzie and her boobs on Instagram, at Mackenzie's Boobs, and all other info is in the show notes. Feel free to send me a message on Instagram at That's So Chronic. And if you haven't already, press that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and leave a review. I'm on a mission to get the whole world listening to this podcast. So tell your friends. That helps me get into more ears to hopefully spread awareness. And more importantly, hope. <laughs>